Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 101.7. The team, Sam Hauser, Scott Galetti here till 6.30 tonight, and then we go down to Miami for the Swing Game 5 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Certainly a big one tonight. Series tied 2-2. Celtics coming off of the just dragging of Miami for 48 straight minutes in Game 4 of that series to tie it up at 2. But the stars really aligning on this one. Been looking forward to this conversation as we go into the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. Being joined by Chris Carlin. You hear him each and every weekday here on 101.7 The Team, host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And it's been a couple of fun days for you guys on the show, Chris. Glad to have you on here in Albuquerque. But it's been a couple of fun days for you guys, just uh, certainly with this series, uh, at the expense of the Miami Heat. Let's just call it what it is. So as a Heat fan, I, w- I, was, I was looking forward to getting the chance to talk to you, especially after the, some of the conversation the last two days. As, as everything has swung the way that it has towards Boston in the public eye, do you think it is more about Boston or just what an indescribable showing that Miami put on in Game 4 that's led the, that's got the conversation about this series where it is? I, I mean, I think it's, it, it has a few things, right? I just think the Celtics are more talented. I was surprised. I, I'm surprised that the series has gone the way it has just in terms of, not that it's 2-2, although that's surprising, but um, that there have been blowouts the way that it has. It's, it's just been bizarre. But as strange as this is to say, like, I actually look at it and say, all right, well, I can make reasons as to why the Celtics got blown out in Game 3. But then in Game 4, like, when I hear about the Heat culture, like, that's not supposed to happen with a team that plays uh, as hard with the urgency that they do with the, you know, kind of the, the team factor that they do. And you can't afford that when you're not as talented as the other team. So I think that's it. I, I, we have all been... Uh, those of us who have believed in the Celtics in this series, uh, believing in them because of the talent. Now, if they come out tonight and pull a no-show like they did in Game 3, then I think all bets are off because that, to me, is a major red flag for the Celtics at that point. But that would have to be... It would have to be a 20-point loss for me to really be overly swayed in in the heat's direction after everything we've had and yeah we have been having some fun this week i know it's been stressful for you i'm sorry (laughs) i know i get it but you know i was looking for jimmy butler on those all nba teams i couldn't find him i don't know why that was well i i mean certainly the 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 fan bases and how loud they can be the rivalry itself that that has to help just be, be given how i mean look the basketball games themselves have not been good but it's going to be hard to to quiet either of these fan bases so that that certainly adds to it as well when you say you're you're surprised the series is tied 2-2 is it just is it because of the quarters point that that's been out there that Boston should be up in the series i i do know that that annoys Miami fans and i get it because they all count, I understand that, but I think it speaks to the larger picture here, and that genuinely the Celtics have controlled this series, but because of two really bad quarters, they are where they are. Um, they've done that to themselves. There, there's no question about that. Uh, the Heat have taken advantage of that. Also no question about that. But I, I think I'm surprised simply because I did not expect Boston 
specifically in Game 3 to lay the egg that they did. I thought that was incredibly disappointing to see that. To see them lose Game 1, was I surprised? Absolutely not. Uh, and I expected them to lose Game 1. Game 3, that to me was uncharacteristic, and if we see that tonight, then I'll be really very concerned from a Boston standpoint and very encouraged from a Heat standpoint. Well, and so from from that standpoint, I am curious what you make you know, specifically within Game 4. It, it, it's been made clear that that was such an anomaly to, to even see that as a uh, performance by a professional basketball team in a conference finals game. But just from that perspective of the Boston side of things, when you look at how poorly Boston shot the ball and still won the way that they did, do you look at that as that means they are that much better than Miami? Or does, or, or, or does that help explain it all, why the series is tied 2-2? Well, it, it helps explain it a little bit, but they're a better offensive team than Miami. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Miami is not a really good defensive team. They are. Um, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, but I would say that it shows you that the Celtics are just more capable of scoring. And I, I don't have to go any any further than what that starting lineup did the other day. Now, to be fair, and I'm not making excuses for him because he's on the floor, I don't think Butler's anywhere near 100%, and I do think that Jimmy Butler is a terrific player and a guy that you want on your team because he's gutty and he wants to win. Um, And it shows in every way in his play. Now, from the standpoint of uh, the Heat and the rest of that lineup, I don't have an explanation for that. They're just—they're not that great offensively. Bam Adebayo's been a major disappointment in this postseason. I will give you, you that. Can't, yeah, you cannot go and do what he did during the regular season. Really, on both ends of the floor, he's still giving you some defense. But you know, when he was supposed to be Defensive Player of the Year, according to a lot of Heat fans, and we've seen what we've seen, uh, it hasn't been great all the way around. Twenty and eleven, and what is he averaging? Thirteen and seven. You know, in in the playoffs, it's been bad. And when you don't have a true number two superstar player to go with your number one star, which, you know, Butler, is he a top 15 player in the league? Probably, even though he wasn't in the top three, uh, you know, on the first, second, or third team All-NBA. Probably. If he isn't, he's right outside it. But you don't have anybody else that's capable of scoring consistently enough. That, to me, is the biggest problem. Chris Carlin with us on ESPN Radio 101.7. The team is on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. You hear him each and every weekday here on 101.7. The team host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And I'm glad you brought up Jimmy Butler because that was one of the directions that I wanted to go in, into next, Chris, especially since the All-NBA teams did come out last night. And Jason Tatum, of course, deservedly so, on the first team. But we were talking about this in between games three and four, specifically with Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum, these two guys in particular. And I feel like a lot of where guys end up in the star status or the superstar status or even the varying degrees of that, the the, the court of public opinion has as much to do with that as as anything else. It, and, and certainly you see that by the way that this gets voted on with awards and, and things like that. And so how much does that really change or impact your perception? You know, and I'm asking you specifically about this, not even necessarily fans as a whole, 
Because, yeah, we can all acknowledge how great Jimmy Butler has been in the playoffs. And there's times where I, I think I would say he's been better than Jason Tatum. But we look at these awards, and that really does tend to bend our perception on how we view these guys. It, it, listen, I, I think that there is a small degree of truth to that. But look at the regular season and what Butler is during the regular season and what Tatum is. Now, you want to say Jimmy's a better closer? I'm not going to argue that. I, I, I think right now that's absolutely the case. But I can't discredit what Tatum has become in his first five years based on the facts of the regular season. Now, he's in his third conference finals. He needs to break through and get to the NBA finals. I believe in going through Durant and and in going through, um, uh, oh, for Pete's sake, uh, last series, going through Giannis last series, that he has put himself in that top five. But I don't think it's perception as much as reality among voters when they look at what Tatum has done versus what Butler has done. You want to say they don't pay enough attention to the Heat? Listen, if you're a great player and you're a top five player in the league, they come find you, and you, they know about you. Um you can't disappear into small markets. Dame Lillard has never disappeared into Portland. Everybody has known that he has been great for a long time when he has been out there. So for me, I don't think it's a perception thing. I think it's also selling the voters a little bit short. Um, so I would say that it has more to do with actual fact than perception. Well, not, not even and, and not even so much selling the voters short. That's that that's fair. And and so let me put it this way: in terms, of, I, I guess, in terms of the impact that those voters have on public perception. Mm-hmm. Are there fans that don't stay up to watch the Nuggets play every night on the East Coast? Of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> of yeah. course there are. Um, but. I don't think I have an East Coast bias when I tell you that Joel Embiid, for instance, was the MVP over Jokic. Uh, and I'm not paying attention to what the media is saying out West. I'm trying to be an educated person and going after um, finding out for myself. I think fans can absolutely be influenced by the media. There's, that's true in every walk of life. There's no doubt. Uh, in this particular case, I don't think it's that. Again, give me what Butler did during the regular season versus what Tatum did and take the picture as a whole. I, I personally want to see the MVP and the top five players in the league and all those awards voted for after the postseason is over. Agreed. But unfortunately, those are regular season awards. I have to take all of that into account. I would put Butler a little bit higher based on what he does in the playoffs. There's no doubt. Um, but he's a tremendous player. He's not on the level of Tatum. Again, if you're not listening to Canty and Carlin weekdays here on 1017 The Team, you absolutely should be. These guys do a, a fantastic job. One more, uh, Chris, before I let you go, just want to move over to the West real quick. How how surprised were you by that result last night? It seemed like Golden State was in position to learn from what happened in Memphis as far as extending series. But, I mean, certainly you got to give some credit to Dallas, but were it were you surprised, and if so, how surprised were you that we find ourselves in the third quarter of that game and Dallas is up 20-plus? Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, they did give it a, give it a chance, right, later. But I, I also think that um, 
I, I was surprised that Golden State didn't put it away just to get as much rest as possible. They need to put it away in five. And I'm not saying that from a standpoint of otherwise they're in big trouble. No. They need to put it away in five from the standpoint of they need to get as much rest as possible by next week, and a week's worth would do them a lot of good. You know, the finals don't start until June 2nd. That's next Thursday. So uh, for Curry, for Clay, for Draymond, a week's worth of rest would go a long, long way. I, the Warriors, to me, are the best team left. They're going to win the championship. I fully believe that. But um, I don't want to see them go into the post, uh, go into the finals if, God forbid, this is a series that ended up going seven out of nowhere. I don't, and I don't see that happening. I don't think all of a sudden the Warriors are going to tense up and be in a, you know, be all wound up and worried about folding up after being up three games to none. I don't see that. Chris, always fun listening to you weekdays on ESPN Radio. Enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for making the time. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks. Chris Carlin, ESPN Radio. We're back with more next 101.7 The Team.